Hey everyone, I'm Scott Cunningham, aka Scotty Business, and today we're here with Nicole Grinstead, aka NerdGirl007, as you may know her by. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things today, uh, crypto maximalism, energy FUD, living unbanked, uh, how you can do that as well with crypto. We're going to dive into a bunch of this stuff, uh, but first, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm glad that I that we got the chance to make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for people who aren't familiar with yourself, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into crypto originally? Sure. Yeah. Um, in 2016, I was dating someone who was like just completely obsessed with uh, with cryptocurrency and specifically with Ethereum. Like, in fact, like the um, the Dow hack had just mm -hmm. happened. And he was like talking about quitting his job so that he could put the rest of his 401k into, into Ethereum, like you know, two thirds of its value and overnight. And that's when I realized that something like really significant was happening. And I had already been paying attention a little bit before that, but um, just that was when it really occurred to me that what was going on must be significant. Um, and that I should be paying attention. So I started reading about, uh, you know, reading about cryptocurrency. And um, it was like six months later that I bought my own cryptocurrency for the first time. And that I was like, I really want to get involved in, you know, uh, sort of taking a really different approach than what I saw anyone doing at the time. Because I had dropped out of a PhD program um, in religious studies. That's really like a sociology, anthropology degree. And uh, I didn't really see anyone taking like that approach to cryptocurrency at that time. And I was just really curious about it. And that's, that's, where, that's where it all started. Awesome. Awesome. What was, uh, what was Ethereum valued back then when you got in? Like it was, it was really low, right? It was around $10. Wow, that's that's wild. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember finding it originally when it was around like a hundred dollars or something, and I wasn't actually into crypto at the time. But I told my buddy, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, like I'll buy a bunch of that," and he made a ton of money. And then I didn't get in until like way, way later, unfortunately for me. So, what is your approach to investing in crypto, and like, how do you decide to actually invest in something? Is it like use case, fundamentals? What is what does that look like for you? So yeah, I think that I do this like, I don't know, differently, but um, I follow controversy. So like, I just, whenever there's a coin or a token that, you know, like a large group of people is talking, uh, you know, saying not to buy, it's not like I immediately go out and buy it, but that's what makes me want to be interested in something. So yeah. um, like, cause then I'm like, well, why? not to buy this and when i can't find a like really solid good reason then i buy it um so like uh you know when i got into cryptocurrency i got in with ethereum and at the time that was you know 2016 when like just there were way fewer cryptocurrencies around so like I mean, we, we think of like tribalism as like bad in crypto now, but then communities were just like, you know, so much um, bigger, like like the original communities were bigger because they were mm -hmm. fractured, they weren't fractured yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was like, it's like everybody's saying that this is the biggest scam ever. And like, this seems like it's going to be valuable technology. So I bought it. And obviously like that turned out really well. Um, and so that was kind of like a running uh, theme for me for a while. And then in 2019, when I started working for a crypto media outlet, that was like, you know, news. Um, I, uh, I, everybody at the time, like the most hated coin in all of cryptocurrency had to be BSV because like they had just forked from Bitcoin Cash, which was already like its own thing that most people hated, even though they didn't have a really good reason for. Um, so I, I was working for the like, I don't know, media place and they, they didn't want to pay for my ticket to go because I wanted to interview Craig Wright. Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to go. So I bought that coin right after Binance delisted it because it was like just all of the signs of, of market manipulation were there. Um, so the Binance delisted the coin and it fell to like 43 or $47 or something within a couple of weeks it had pumped to over 200. Um, and so I like fully funded my whole trip with, with that purchase. And then obviously like, you know, and probably several people who are watching this now know that like 
I like hex and I've done really well with that investment, even though that may be the currently most hated coin in crypto and definitely was, you know, a year and a half ago. Yeah, now I think it's going to be clout, but uh, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other situation. So, what are your thoughts on uh, like hex? Like, what what do you say to hex disbelievers, and what what's kind of your thought process there? Yeah, I mean, you know, I really want to talk to you about like because I know that your perspective on this has changed. Um, so, I really want to talk to you about this. Like, I don't know wherever it fits, but. Um, Generally, like when people dislike it, I just I don't even like really try to change people's mind because like that's not productive. But what I do try to ask is like, what are your reasons for disliking it? And when the only reasons that they can give me are the ones that have been like repeated and repeated and repeated, but like aren't, you know, just like it's what everybody else is saying, then I'm like, this person is just mirroring what other people are saying, like without actually giving it any individual thought. And then I guess I usually get into like, um, you know, your reasons for disliking it have to do with negative media coverage of it and, you know, negative coverage of it from crypto influencers. And like, for one thing, we're all starting to realize not all crypto influencers, not all the time, but like, there's a massive amount of like, misinformation in the media and crypto media in the media outside of cryptocurrency. Um, and like, I mean, there was just a few weeks ago, someone made a video about how, you know, PR whales will hire PR agents to like fund projects so that they can snatch more, you know, of it up and then like, or because they, they hate it or, you know, whatever. And then, and then like, it just grab then they'll after it starts to get some like whatever reputable coverage from places like Forbes and whatever crypto outlets, um, then it becomes easier to convince like big large tier influencers to say, oh, well, this magazine or this this publication said this about it. So that must be true. Um, and so then they're fine with like being paid to say negative things about it. And then from there, it's just this whole snowball effect because people believe what other people say, like by default, even people who are skeptical, even people who are like trust you know, or verify, don't trust, ver verify. Um, just it's just like a natural human reaction. And like the more that it snowballs, the like easier it is to keep going and the harder it is to stop. So I usually try to like remind people that because people are aware, at least in the back of their minds, that there's massive amount of disinformation in the media, not just the crypto media, but everywhere. So I usually try to remind people that it's possible. And then I just ask, like, is it possible that you were manipulated into believing what you believe? Not were you manipulated into believing what you believe, but do you think that there's any possible chance that you may have been manipulated. And I mean, like any reasonable person can't deny that there's a chance they were manipulated, right? Yeah, unless you do your own research. But I think it's kind of funny, like you said, where it's like, don't trust verify or, you know, do your own research if be kind. They're kind of like a um, more just like a disclaimer now than an actual like, like advice, like people don't actually actually trust verify they don't actually look at the blockchain they don't actually do a lot of these things they don't actually do their own research these are just like disclaimers that people just kind of like throw just to like protect themselves mm -hmm. so uh yeah i, I could definitely see that well so um, i want to throw something else in here right here okay sure. so like um there was a time i don't know six months or a year ago or something when i was trying to convince like sam dodson to just like just read this you know like just read this and he was re refusing to do it. And I'm like, why? You know, he's like, well, everybody has to do their own research. And I'm like, well, did you do your own research? No, but um, Scott Cunningham came on my show and he said all of this. And I'm like, so you're actually relying on somebody else's research. Like you realize that that does not qualify as doing your own research. And, uh, and he was like, yes, it does. And I was like, no, it really doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, that, and then that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, um, I have my own opinion, but I don't necessarily, uh, you know, think people should say like, just because I said it, that's like, you know, like uh, that's factually true or that's objectively true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do have the, uh, the perspective that like, I'm not a fan of hex. I mean, if we were really going to get like super comprehensive about this, I'd probably have to like bring up my article and like go through like each of the like points. But, 
Um, no, we should actually do this on my show, though. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can we can save like the majority of the the hex stuff, and yeah. and I'll like I'll re go through it and make sure I actually like remember what I'm oh, talking yeah. about because I want to brush up on it all too. So that, yeah, you know, like not because I just like because yeah, let's so yeah. Let's and that. I mean, like I wrote the article like a year and a half ago, so it's been quite some time, and I haven't really been like going after hex R- lately. It's all about like Bitclout, uh, so me. And a little bit of theta. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on on those three? Uh, you know, like I know that you're really big on this. You know, social media, like the you know decentralized social media, crypto social media. But I'm just like not. I kind of was before, and, and I, like I really was before I started. You know, focusing on hex. But I just uh, I, like I just am. I don't know. I'm not focused on it. There's just not like. I mean, I use Publish Zero X. And like, I'm on, you know, read.cash and like, I've used several platforms, but I'm just not like huge onto, into any of that. So what's it like living unbanked with crypto? What is, what is that process like? How did you start to get into that? And, uh, and like, what are some things that you, that you use and, and make that happen? Sure. Yeah. So in, um, February of 2020, uh, I moved money like from from an you know from a wallet that i had to coinbase i moved bitcoin to coinbase sold it was like three thousand dollars worth of bitcoin put it in my bank account my bank account shut me down wow and it was like seriously it was over like two or three thousand dollars and i was like you know for one thing the bank i had moved recently so like the bank that i used wasn't in my state so it was like not Mm. easy for me to go in and sitting on the phone calls with them forever is just, you know, horrible. And I was like, you know what? Like, if they're going to close down my account over this really small amount of money, like, isn't that, like, isn't that your sign that you need to not be reliant on these financial institutions that can do that to you? Like, isn't that the purpose of, you know, a Bitcoin of cryptocurrency anyway? So I real like, I decided that that was, that was like, this is what the world is trying to tell me. Um, so I just, you know, was like, fine, close down my account, you know? And wow. uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I know like a lot of people like Joel have like, m- you know, much more intricate stories where they planned and were like, <laughs> you know, whatever, like very well prepared and uses, you know, using Dash and, you know, daily transactions and all that stuff. Like I'm not that, I'm not that advanced. I just like, uh, so I get paid in cryptocurrency, like I work in the cryptocurrency industry. Um, and I, uh, I, I just every month take out what I need to live on and I put it into cash, like mm-hmm. just, and then I just transact in cash. Um, and then if I need to order stuff online, I actually, now I used to, I guess like now I'm not even really unbanked anymore because I have a Venmo debit card. Uh, so like I'll just move you know, whatever the asset that I paid in into trade it into Bitcoin, move it to the cash app, trade, you know, then switch it into dollars, then move it to Venmo. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I use my Venmo part, but I just, I try to just like leave just, just enough that I can get away with like online transactions, but not like tons of, you know, not tons in there. I guess that technically means that Venmo is my bank. But now yeah. Venmo added cryptocurrency. So soon you'll be able to like deposit, like soon I'll be able to just send it directly to, but yeah. 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 I mean, like it's so interesting how people get into spending crypto and like living off of it. Um, how, how exact, well, I guess you said like that process was very, very strenuous for people who would listen to that and say, well, that sounds like so complicated. Would you say that, the complexity or the like resistance is actually kind of a good thing because for me, uh, I spend a lot of my crypto as well since I earn crypto and things as well. So I buy things on Amazon or whatever. I get new gear or whatever it happens to be. I'll buy it with crypto. But I actually find that the resistance, that little extra work that I have to put in makes me like think more conscientiously about the purchases I'm making and I'm more... And and you also, when you have crypto, it kind of forces you to be like, okay, well, do I really want this thing? Because my Bitcoin could be worth way more in like a week. So this purchase will have 
you know, been way more as well. And do I really want to do that? I feel like it kind of forces people to have better financial uh, like practices in their own life. Do you do you agree with that? And, and what are your thoughts there? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like my spending is so, um, I mean, like not that I was ever really like, you know, crazy outlandish spender, but like, because there is just like, I'm like, Oh, like not even really like, I mean, yes. The, the thought of like, do I really want to spend, spend this crypto when it could, you know, when I believe that it will be worth so much more, you know, down the line that absolutely occurs to me, but it's also just like the extra steps that you have to go through to spend crypto, you know, directly on Amazon or because I have to move money, you know, three different places before I can use my directly use my debit card. Um, like, yeah, for sure. That, uh, that curve spending, like I, I, I can't even say how like incredibly grateful I am for the, uh, money that I have not spent over the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like it, it really forces people to change their, their perspective, especially when it's like you buy a coffee and then a week later, you're like, damn, that coffee cost me like $30. Uh, and then people start to really like change their, their spending habits. So, uh, what are like some different things that you use to buy goods? I know you said you mostly, don't like go the Joel Valenzuela route, but are, is there any things that you use? Like, have you ever used like BitRefill or, or any kind of like services or apps that make it easier to spend crypto? Yeah, sure. So there's like shopping.io and it's like really similar to purse.io, which like mm. I've used both of those uh, because you can buy, you know, on Amazon or eBay or walmart.com with crypto and get a discount. Um, so I've used all of those. I've used, uh, um, thinking, uh, oh, I've used like, what's the lolly? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you get Bitcoin back, but also yeah, like yeah. you, you can, you can spend Bitcoin. So yeah, I've used lolly shopping.io purse.io. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And so it's mostly for like buying products online versus like places that accept crypto in person or, you know, like things, things of that nature. Yeah. So actually, like I did convince my Botox doctor to accept crypto payments. Uh, so like I always pay for services there with crypto. But for okay. the most part, like I just carry cash. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's the it's the easiest way to go. Yeah, here in uh, in Canada, it's a lot more strenuous to do so since we're now like I think it's like ninety five percent digital, which is wild. Um, we're like one of the most digital uh, countries for like how we spend now. Everyone just uses debit cards and credit cards, and barely anyone is using cash anymore over here. Um, so how how can someone else get started on like being unbanked and? what would that process look like for them? Cause I'm sure a lot of people are like super afraid um, that like not having a bank is going to like bring up a bunch of issues in their life or, you know, with their job or something. Is there a certain type of person that this works better for? Uh, what are your thoughts there? I guess, I, I mean, I don't know if there's a certain kind of person who works, who works better for like, you know, someone who probably works better for people who like work in cryptocurrency, right? Um, because just like a little bit more, like, because when you get paid in the asset, then you need to spend it and you're not just like accumulating. So mm -hmm. if, if you have a normal job and you get a paycheck, um, it would be an extra hurdle to to cross because then it's you know you would have to figure out how you're going to deposit your checks and you know or whatever auto pay whatever like yeah that would yeah. add an extra an extra step for sure yeah yeah for sure um i would recommend people to check out uh, bitwage.io cuz that allows you to just They'll even set up a bank account and everything, all this stuff for you where you can just get paid directly in crypto from uh, your employer or the employer can set up to pay people in crypto as well. So it works on both sides. And I think that they were talking about uh, a 401k with Bitcoin as well. So they're really trying to cover everything. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on DeFi? 
DeFi. Um, I mean, obviously, like, I think that it's, you know, one of the only like real utilities of blockchain, like really, that really works right now, right? Like, there's all these future potential use speculative use cases for blockchain technology, but the only like thing that really people are using right now is decentralized finance. And, you know, Ethereum is the current reigning monarch of DeFi, but just like Bitcoin is unlikely to be king forever, Bitcoin or, you know, Ethereum may not, may not rule forever. So you think there's potentially more chance that we'll have uh, like an ETH killer come out of the the shadows and kind of take over? Or do you like, what do you think about ETH 2.0 and, and that whole process? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like I think that something's going to kill Ethereum or that I'd like for something to kill Ethereum. But like, you know, we are seeing so much more like side chains and, you know, coins that are interoperable. And there's just there's all of these bridges now that are allowing blockchains to communicate with each other. So why would we think that as these things are continued to develop, that there needs to only be like, you know, that everything that's worthwhile is going to be built on Ethereum when gas fees are high? And yeah, ETH 2.0 is coming when, right? Because like when I got into Ethereum in 2016, Ethereum 2.0 was supposed to be done in two years. Um, and so, you know, in 2018, it was like, oh, we're going to be another two years. And now we're in 2021. And I'm pretty sure that they just said that it's going to be like at least another 18 months, which is pretty much two years. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. It's not like I'm against ETH 2.0 launching. Like, I would be very glad, you know, I have a lot of Ethereum, um, but I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Yeah, fair enough. So I guess for for people who are kind of uh, thinking that this is just going to keep getting pushed back for them, it's, uh, you know, go the route of the ETH killers. Yeah, I don't know about like, I think, okay, so I watched a couple episodes of your show to prepare for coming on. And the one that you recommended was one with Hashoshi. And I think that he specifically said like, something saying that it's the ETH killer has got to be the worst marketing tactic yeah. of all time. And I a hundred percent agree with that, right? Like it's like attacking Bitcoin when you're a brand new coin. Like, yeah, you're going to get like, they're all going to team up and attack you and like you're dead. So, I mean, I think that coins or chains that approach it as like, we're just a different thing. We're not trying to take market cap from Ethereum. We're just existing on our own are going to fare much better. Um, in fact, I don't know if you're familiar with or aware that uh, Pulse, like Pulse, have you heard of Pulse Chain? Uh, only very briefly. Okay. So it's like a fork of not just Ethereum, but a fork of Ethereum and everything built on Ethereum. Hmm. And so everyone's going to get duplicate, you know, duplicate copies of their tokens on E on Pulse Chain. So I don't know. We'll see. Right. True. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, uh, I, I think what Hashoshi said was um, he's like, yeah, if you're an ETH killer, I mean, the very basic requirement is that you're like a lot better than Ethereum because uh, mm -hmm. he's like, I mean, if you come around like eight years later or whatever it's like yeah i mean i would hope that it's uh going to at least have the baseline of it being better than ethereum because it's like you know it's already got all this stuff set up you you've got to provide something a lot better than just simply like it does you know this much more transactions per second or whatever um though that's obviously important especially with gas fees being as bad as they they were luckily they are down now but um i know so yeah, is the price been, so yeah. 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 But um, they're down way more than like, okay, so Ethereum's down like 50% from its all-time high, right? Yeah. But like gas fees when ETH was 4,500 were like, you know, hundreds of dollars. There was one time I was trying to stake like a really small amount of this random coin and it wanted over a thousand dollars. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> no. But now like, I mean, now gas fees are, I don't know, I moved some ETH today and it was like, 75 cents and yeah. i mean like so the price of ethereum is down 50 percent, but the price of gas is down way more yeah i guess my understanding is that once the price starts going way up there's like a bot war of trying yeah. to like get ahead of the and it's just gas fees just go insane from that and i'm hoping that 
uh eth 2.0 kind of solves a lot of that and like de-incentivizes the like bot wars to try to like just keep the the fees going way way up um so are we in alt season right now do you think we're gonna see more bullish a more bullish market like leading to the end of the year are we in bearish times right now what are your thoughts on the market yeah, so I don't like I don't base anything off of technical analysis because I just I don't read charts like that. But yeah, I did same. Learn, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. I hate technical but, analysis. But so I did learn, uh, you know, really early on to instead of like trying to read charts because I'm a sociologist, you know. But so instead of analyzing behavior through charts and numbers to actually analyze behavior the way that I was taught to analyze behavior, like watching people. Um, and so based on behaviors, um, I, I kind of think we're going either like we're, we're going into a bear market. That's my, that's my belief. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I subscribe pretty heavily to the, uh, to the having theory for Bitcoin. Again, I, I'm not on, I'm not like, I don't like technical analysis, but, uh, I would say when it comes to like the Bitcoin havings, that's not really technical analysis so much as like an objective thing where the inflation is having. So like, obviously there's going to be some result out of that. So I, I, I lean pretty heavily towards that having a, a pretty big impact on the price of Bitcoin. But uh, fingers crossed, we will see. Um, I, I think we're going to be bullish yeah, near the end of the year and then see like a crazy crash. But um, but we, we yeah, will see that, for sure. That, that's another possibility that I've like considered like, oh, maybe we're just having like a bearish, you know, summer. And then we, you know, and then like October, November, December, we see like 2017 kind of kind of movement. And then just and then it's like yeah you know <laughs> done um but yeah. like all that said like i'm completely prepared uh with in my with my stable coin positions to for this to have been the end just mm -hmm. in case because i lived yeah. all the way through a bear market without having taken any profits and i'm never doing it again yeah yeah i mean i was uh unfortunate enough to uh first get into bitcoin uh at the peak of 2017 2018 time and then uh, i basically bought it and then like a week or two later <laughs> it crashed so uh so that was not a good situation for me but i realized i wasn't the greatest at uh, investing but that's what kind of started off my whole journey into crypto and uh and learned a lot over that uh, over that bear market for sure um, so what are your thoughts on crypto maximalists and, uh, and like communities that are just, you know, this is the only coin, every other coin is a scam or, you know, like just super aggressive, toxic communities around coins being criticized or, you know, what have you. So I think that maximalism is the biggest threat to any coin or token and then can, but there, there can possibly be and not because of like opposition and war but like because when you become so close-minded to any the possibility of anything else even if your asset is the best thing on the market then you alienate the communities and people who support other tokens so if you're like no you know if it's not this you know if it's not bitcoin it's a shit coin like look at how many people hate bitcoin because of the toxicity that comes from you know, from Bitcoin maximalism, just like, just look at that, you know, I mean, just really, really and look at, I mean, beyond that, look at like the gains that real maxis are missing out on and, and advising other people to miss out on like, that's disgusting. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that it's a threat for several reasons. And the, I mean, like, if you want to be a maximalist with your own assets, like, and you just you're cool with other people doing what they want with theirs. I have no issue with that. If you're if you want to be a maximalist to the point where you can't have conversations on stream with people who are part of other communities, can't maintain friendships with people who support other assets, that's a major threat because whether you think that you want or need other people or not, you do. Because mm -hmm. you need new capital for your asset to continue appreciating. And if everyone hates you because you're just so maxi that it like pushes people away, that's super damaging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's a good point, especially with uh, coins that are inflating a lot 
they absolutely need new investors like daily. So they, they really can't afford to even be like, you know, toxic about those things. And I think that's a great point where it's like, um, someone's like, oh, like, what do you hold? And it's like, oh, I hold this, this, this. It's like, well, I like the first four, but because you have that last coin, like, you're not a good investor and everything you say is wrong. And it's like, but like, they're supporting you like most of the way through. So yeah, I, I think a lot of, uh, crypto maximalists are shooting, shooting themselves and their community in the foot, um, by like being so aggressive about that. And, and I think it's pretty obvious because you can look at other things like, uh, politics, religion, if you can't be friends with the other side or just have rational conversations, then obviously that just leads to terrible, terrible things. Um, so, but so, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like religious extremism or, you know, I mean, and, and really like in some real ways, like I've been denied work because I've worked for like, I've, you know, written for all 10 of the top crypto you know like i've written for publications that were funded by all of them and like there have been times when i have been denied work because i you know have supported something on social media or because i wrote an article for coin and it's like i think that it's going to be you know something like you know nationalism or racism someday where like you can't discriminate against people based on previous work that you know previous positions in cryptocurrency i don't know if that'll like be a rule but i mean it's just absurd that that's a thing yeah, because I feel like you don't really have that with, like, stock investing. Like, I mean, maybe a little bit with, like, you know, GameStop and AMC and stuff. But for the general market, it's very, like, no one's really, like, worried about if you invest in multiple things or or anything like that. So I find it very interesting how tribal the crypto community is compared to the stock community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So what are your thoughts on all of the bitcoin energy either if you're if you think it's either fud or if it's uh, accurate what are what are your thoughts on all that yeah so i mean i guess i don't like know enough to like really refute the point but it makes sense to me that it would be extremely wasteful that said like i could see saying oh bitcoin is still better than our existing system because how much energy and time and everything goes into the current asset, you know, the current transfer of assets using SWIFT. I mean, like that makes sense. You're like, okay, well, it's better than what we, you know, than the existing financial system. Fine. But it's not better than some options that we already have available that don't require, you know, mining, that don't require that kind of energy consumption. I just don't see how it's even arguable that there are systems that are better than proof of work in terms of the amount of energy expenditure. Yeah, yeah, I know. I definitely think that's uh, 100% like true. But uh, typically what I, I point to is that like the banking system is approximately at least from a 2019 report from i want to say coin shares um i I don't know if that's the actual one i have to i'll have to double check and i'll I'll put it in the description but uh it said that the banking system uses about 650 times the amount of energy that bitcoin uses but you have to consider to send money across the country or i mean to other countries across the world very very cumbersome i can't go to the bank after uh 8 p.m on holidays on the weekend so it's not even open half the time and uh it's using 650 times the energy of bitcoin mind you i would compare bitcoin to gold not to cash um and i would look at something more like dash or bitcoin cash or something if i wanted to compare those systems but even if you compare to uh gold mining uh, which is 100% non-renewable, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. It's like all just diesel and like, you know, large machines. And uh, and gold mining is still like 250x more energy consumption than Bitcoin. So, you know, it's like at some point you've got to be like, okay, one of these is more beneficial than the other. Can I bring a bunch of gold on the plane? Can I send the gold across the world? Not really. Um, so, you know, there's all these different benefits. And that's the way that I kind of look at it. But uh, I obviously see that like Bitcoin can be improved and there's things that are more environmentally friendly than Bitcoin for sure. Um, What are your thoughts on Doge? Uh, I'm really glad that a lot of people made a ton of money. And, you know, like for those people who haven't made a ton of money yet, I hope that you do. I don't I don't have any because I didn't have any before that huge run up. 
Um, so I don't hate it, you know, like I'm glad that people made money, right? Like whatever. Um, I just, I don't, I wasn't going to buy it. You know, I'm not going to buy it now. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, and I, I don't know. I don't have, I like, it's a meme, right? Like, but I don't know. There are people who really, really love it. It does have its strong community potentially, you know, can see the value in it. I know that like Doge is one of the only cryptocurrencies, at least prior to this cycle, that didn't have like a really fanatical maximalist tribal perspective. And they were just like, yeah, we're Doge. Like, we don't care. Like what you want. You know, like, I like mm -hmm. that. I think that that's kind of cool. But I think that actually that may have changed now because there are like Doge maximalists and yeah. Yeah. I mean, Elon uh, recruited an army. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, my two cents on Doge is that the only use case for Doge currently is as cash, but it's like 40x the fees of like Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Dash. So, mm -hmm. I would just say, like, not really a good use case comparison. If you were like, do you want to spend fees or not spend fees? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, anyone who invested, like, congrats, because I was, uh, I was pretty, uh, I was, I, I was very surprised to see it do what it did. And unfortunately for me, I had like $300 worth of Doge like three years ago, but I was on Cryptopia because it was like a base trading pair on Cryptopia. And then Cryptopia got shut down or it was a scam or whatever it was. And I lost all that. But at the peak, that was worth like $100,000 or something. And I'm just like, wow, that's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. many people have stories like that in crypto. So. Yeah. I mean, just look at all the stories of people who like had Bitcoin, but didn't write down their private keys or, yeah, you know, seed yeah. phrase and or lost their device or, you know, yeah. sold their device with that window and it wasn't worth anything. And then we're like, oh, that's millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess everyone's got uh, one of those stories in the chamber, but, uh, you know, you live and you learn and uh, crypto's getting easier so people can avoid, you know, certain mistakes like those. And a lot of it comes back to education, I would say. What are some like useful things in crypto that you think are making it easier for new people to get in? Um, just to give you a quick example of what I'm talking about, like, for example, like, um, unstoppable domains or ethereum name service they have you know dot eth or dot crypto addresses where you can just send crypto to like a word address like for me like scottcbusiness.eth much easier to say remember write down whatever rather than like a crazy long address so that's making it easier for people to not uh send to the wrong address or you know have an error there and just making it faster and easier what are some things that you use or know of or want to shout out that uh do something similar yeah i mean i think like fio does something similar maybe it's like five yeah. fio yeah, yeah so it's yeah. like that where you can have a custom you know like i don't i don't have one but i could have like nerd girl you know mm -hmm. um dotty and like that 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 would be the easiest thing to do. I remember in like in 2017, there was like the Ethereum name service, but you had to bid on the names and like, yeah. and then like all, you know, the auctions got all messed up and now it's definitely easier. So yeah. Yeah. Cause I think originally it was like before they released all of them, they were trying to let people like bid cause you know, people want to get Kanye West and you know, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. now it's much more reasonable. Um, so I've got my my dot eth address and my dot crypto address and uh yeah I mean it's pretty cool. I don't I don't think a lot of people like use that yet, but I think uh, in the future it'll just make it so easier for uh, for newcomers for sure. Um mm -hmm. so are are there any coins or projects or anything that you want to give a shout out to or uh you know give them a little bit of clout? I mean, I definitely want people to know that when Pulse Chain launches, which we don't know when it's going to be, right? But like some allegedly very soon. Um, so when it launches, you're going to get an airdrop copy of everything that you hold in a self-custodial wallet that's an Ethereum token. You'll get a copy of it on Pulse Chain. That includes stable coins. We don't know what's going to happen to the, like, if, you know, if there'll be price parity or like that's all speculation but i mean almost certainly at some point 
those tokens will have value. So I don't want to like try to convince people to buy anything, but you do have, I think something like 30 days after the airdrop to claim those tokens or they're gone forever. Mm. So I want people to know that they can free claim tokens uh, that may or may not have value someday and that they should have, they should plan to have those assets in self-custodial wallets. Yeah, yeah, because uh, if you were a person that uh, traded on Uniswap and then you missed the uni claim, those people were probably uh, kicking themselves after uh, because it went to a ridiculous price. So, I mean, hey, if it's free, there's no reason why you shouldn't claim it. So, uh, yeah, definitely go and uh, do that. And I'll, I'll, I'll definitely check it out, too, because, you know, mm -hmm. I don't uh, I don't shy away from free coins either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why would you? It's just silly. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, that was, uh, that was everything, uh, that I had in terms of like questions and stuff. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? No, I think, uh, oh, we wanted to talk about like what it's, you know, what it's like in cryptocurrency when you have an unpopular opinion. Mm, yes. Yeah. Cause we both have some fairly unpopular opinions. Like I'm blocked by people who I've never had conversations with. Yeah. 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 I saw that the other day and, and I was like, yeah, I have the exact same thing where I'm like, uh, like I was tagged with a bunch of crypto influencers and I was like, oh, like I'll follow them. And then like a cup, like two of them blocked me or something. And I was like, I've never seen this person in my life uh, or, you know, interacted with them or anything. So it's always weird when you get that. Yeah, I mean, because it was really weird, like not someone like I mean, so sometimes I'm blocked by like, I don't know, Andreas Antonopoulos, right? Like he has me blocked. And I'm oh, like, okay. why am I blocked? And I'm like, oh, I'm blocked for a couple of reasons. Like one hex, right? Because he hates shillers and then mm. two because uh like because i think the post that got me blocked was one that we were both tagged in or one that he was tagged in that was like you know best you know sexy hex uh you know video or you know like meme or whatever like sexy hex posts and so i made like a a tiktok um, where I'm like in a bikini and like just saying weird things about <laughs> and, uh, and so that's why he has me blocked. I'm like, oh, like at least I know why I'm blocked there because he also hates, you know, women who use their or dislikes the practice of using your body for, I don't know, financial gain or something, but mm. or something like that. Um, so like, at least I know, but where it was like the other day where you saw it's like the founder of MetaMask has me blocked and i'm like why yeah that's that's so weird Wait, and, it, and it's not like you're against metamask or anything right no i love metamask i use it all the time <laughs> yeah same so it's like it's always weird when when you get situations like that i mean i'm not blocked by the the founder of metamask at least i don't think or the ceo rather um yeah not yet but uh yeah it's always weird when it's like people will just like block you because they just want to avoid having that conversation or even just like seeing it it's like there is a mute button guys like you don't have to block people from existence um but yeah i always found that so interesting i mean for me it's just like you know i mentioned some casual criticism and that whole community just like comes down on me like Recently, it was a uh, Twitch where I was like, people don't want to pay money to post a tweet, like a Twitter post or whatever. Like, it's the same thing, but you just you pay for everything. So it's like you follow someone that's 10 cents. You post a post that's 50 cents and you run out of the starter money in like 30 seconds. So I just I was like, why would anyone pay for this? Like there's Twitter. There's all these things. I've never, so I've used Twitch. I locked myself out of the account, cannot remember the password, did oh, not okay. like write down the seed phrase, you know, like it's gone. But my experience on Twitch was that like, I never had to re like, I never had to buy more because I always got more back than what mm -hmm. it cost me to, to Twitch. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could, I wouldn't really, but you know, I, I get the argument though, that like, if you really want to have a productive social media channel where people aren't just like shit posting, where people are like really thoughtful about what comes out of their mouths or their hands, you have to charge them at least some nominal fee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand that. But um, realistically, at the end of the day, 
I mean, this is just my approach to crypto social in general. I've always said if the average person using Twitter is not going to switch, then it's probably not going to work because normally it's like, hey, use Hive, make money. It's really hard to pitch someone like, hey, there won't be like spam, but like pay us. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, it's hard to get the average person to be like, I want to start spending more money than I am right now because who has extra money to just like spend on a social platform? But um, my point it was fewer that fewer people that reaches a smaller audience. Yeah, yeah exactly. But my uh, my original point was just that I pointed that out on Twitter, and the Twitch official account was just like trolling the shit out of me. Like they're like f you, like get everyone against this guy. Like and they were posting with their official account on my thing, and they're like everyone yeah. come get this guy. Like we hate this person, and I was like this is a reasonable criticism. You guys could have just like not responded or just like said something like reasonable but it always baffles me when it's like you get the actual official account and they're just like shit posting and just like doing all this stuff and it's like no chill no chill at all and um yeah i just find that so interesting like not even just like you know empowered community members but the the actual top people the official accounts everything and they're just like they don't even care and they're ready to just go to war with anyone who says anything bad about them all right, so I know who runs that official account. And oh. uh, so, you know, Yeezy, like, we're going to have to clip this. So, Yeezy, <laughs> like, you've got to have, have a conversation, explain, you know? There's no reason to attack when people offer criticism. You can, like, discuss and learn from each other, grow together. Yeah, yeah, because uh, everyone was, like, they were, like, calling me, like, a socialist and a Marxist because I don't want to have to pay for social media posts and stuff. And yeah. I was, like, I don't know, guys. Come on. Like, most people in crypto are capitalists. So, like, trying to just – I don't know. It's it's a funny situation when you get into uh, conversations like that. But I do think it's important to still call those things out because – with exactly what we're talking about now happening to a lot of people or people seeing that they're too afraid to like say something about an account or or just to make a casual criticism of uh of a of a company like twitch or or whatever because then you've got all this like hate coming your way especially if you're just a regular person and not an influencer who has like you know some like you we were sort of used to that or we've dealt with that and uh people can get super overwhelmed and like uh like actually have like you know like mental health problems because of stuff like that so it's it's actually a pretty big deal when these communities are so like aggressive and toxic towards uh any kind of criticism or even just like people who are not interested in that in that crypto for example totally like i mean it goes back to what i said earlier about like maximalism being a major threat uh mm. to the current you know to the community itself and like i have to admit like i totally i totally like sicked the hex army on someone the other day but the person <laughs> attacked me like they were saying like the meanest stuff ever to me and it was like intentionally trying to hurt me and it was they were effective and i was like annihilate this guy <laughs> yeah and i mean i guess at the end of the day like if you're gonna throw shade shade's probably gonna come back so uh yeah i mean like toxicity breeds toxicity and it's like yeah, I mean, as long as you just come to the uh, conversation, calm, collected, reasonable, you know, doesn't have to be any any problems. Like, uh, I was just like talking about BitClout the other day since I knew that they were going to list today. So mm-hmm. I had all these people like, oh, screw you. You're wrong. You're dumb. You don't know anything. You haven't done any research. And then there was like one person who were like, well, no, like I actually like Scott, but I, I don't think he's right about BitClout, but like, you know, chill people. And I was like, oh, okay. You have one reasonable person on the BitClout team. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's it's always nice to see that there are there's reasonable people trying to like, you know, keep things a, a little reasonable within various communities. But uh, like there's hope for them yet, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there is hope. But but you're definitely right. I think it's definitely one of the biggest threats for crypto that um, just like pushing people away. And 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 as I as we said, like it's the same with everything else, with politics, with religion, with whatever it's going to apply the same to crypto. And if people can't see that, then it's going to be the same result where it's just like, 
you know, people just cannot agree at all and they'll just completely have all these echo chambers and no one's, you know, working together or having interoperable uh, blockchains and things. And that's what we need more of. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Less maximalism and more, you know, discussion, education, awareness. And like, I'm fine with people only holding one asset, like, especially if people are like, I just don't know enough about other things. And like, mm -hmm. I'm confident in the long term, you know, projections of this asset, like, cool, you only want to hold one asset. I got no problem with that whatsoever. But when you start like believing that you can jump all over other people for holding other assets or for not holding your favorite or that you can't be friends with people who, you know, think anything different that that's when it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people need to have a uh, less of a zero, uh, some game attitude towards this because, you know, crypto can be abundant aside from all these shit coins that are a little too abundant. Um, but crypto can be about abundance and not about like scarcity, except for when we want it to be about scarcity, like Bitcoin, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, people should really, uh, really consider other opinions and I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to dive into hex with you on your show after I uh, actually I like too. brush up on everything. Cause I want to make sure I, I, I remember everything and I know what I'm talking about. Cause uh, yeah, it, it's definitely been a while, but, uh, I'll have to brush up on hex, uh, but I mean, cool. congrats though. Cause I I've seen that it's been going up a lot. So, I mean that's good yeah the returns have been amazing you know uh like the staking rewards have been like great i like the like i mean you know you don't have to time lock it you can just hold it like liquid so that you could sell whenever you want but i like that like i mean a really really small amount of money that someone gave me uh you know a year ago is like that i staked for my daughter uh I'm like, my daughter's never going to be a wage slave. Like, mm -hmm. that's cool, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, um, like, full disclosure, like, I did buy Hex a long time ago, and then I sold it after it, like, 5X. Um, so I still mm -hmm. made, like, a really good profit, but... I always did find it funny when people would comment on my article and they're like, well, you're just mad that uh, you like didn't get like 50x or whatever. I'm like, I mean, I, I, I sold it at, at the all time high at the time. So I, I couldn't have known that it was going to go down or up and then get upset about that in the future. But um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much everything. Uh, where can everyone go to learn more about you, about your channel, about what you're up to? Yeah, so um, I on twitter and like across social media i'm nerdgirl007 with no vowels uh so I, that's also my youtube channel nerdgirl007 uh i and then i host a show on a network uh it's like a crypto youtube network the name of the channel is discourse syndicate um the name of my show is building bridges and it's about establishing relationships between communities which is what we need more of. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone, uh, go and check out her channels. Uh, check out all the stuff she just mentioned. I'll make sure to include all that stuff in the description below. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to you coming on.